0: How many know who that is how many know that he's no longer with us he has passed away but he gave some very gripping words his last words were epitome or epitome of what it is to be a, a person of wealth and not really find riches because you can be wealthy and not be a rich person amen And he said this, he said, in his last words posted on Facebook, he actually said, I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. In others' eyes, my life is the epitome of success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. I want to say little joy. joy. In the end, wealth is only a fact of life I am accustomed to. Mm. At this moment, lying in a sick bed and recalling my whole life, I realized that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in has paled and become meaningless in the face of impending death. In the darkness, I look at the green lights of the life support machines and hear the humming mechanical sounds. I can feel the breath of God, of the God of death, as he calls it, drawing closer. Now I know when we have accumulated sufficient wealth to last our lifetime, we should pursue other matters that are unrelated to wealth. So should should be something, it should be something that is more important. Perhaps relationships, perhaps art, perhaps a dream from younger days. I I submit, perhaps God, amen? We should be pursuing God. But he says, nonstop pursuing of wealth will only turn a person into a twisted being just like me. What a sad state to be in. God gave us the senses to let us feel the love in everyone's heart, not the illusion brought brought about by wealth the wealth i have won in my life i cannot bring with me what i can bring is only the memories precipitated by love that's the true riches amen anybody have love in your life you have true riches according to an 8.3 billion dollar man you have true riches in this room today which which follows you accompanying you giving you strength and light to go on He says, love can travel a thousand miles. Life has no limit. Go where you want to go. Reach the height you want to reach. It is in your heart and in your hands. What is the most expensive bed in the world? The sick bed. You can employ others to drive your car, make your money, but you cannot have someone else bear sickness for you. Material things lost can be found, but there is one thing that can never be found when it is lost life itself literally he says in quotes life when a person goes into the operating room he will he will realize that there is one book that he has yet to finish book of healthy life whichever stage in life you are in right now what time you will uh with time we will face the day when the curtain comes down treasure love and uh, for your family love for your spouse love for your friends. Treat yourself well and cherish others. These are the words of a man who is wealthy beyond compare, wealth that you and I will never experience. But in his last words, he literally says, you need to learn how to be thankful for life and thankful for love in your life. And though we carry around different devices, I have two devices on this particular stand that come from his mind and his, his brain power and his genius. He is no longer here. But his stuff still stays here. But I want you to know that I'm thankful that I can look at a life like this and see a man who's withering away and say, you know what? It's not in all the things. It's not in all the money. It's not in all the wealth. It's in the things that truly matter. And it's relationships and it's family and it's love that's real. Because whenever you get wealthy, you don't know who your friends are. Because they could be just your friends because you're wealthy. It could They could be anybody that, that could come along into your life because they just want and they have ulterior motives and they want money from you but whenever you're living a life with, with close family you know they love you no matter what and that is the precipitation as he said of true love and I'm grateful today for friends that love me as an individual for who I am not for what I can be to them or what I can give them but they love me for who I am because I know that is a true picture of what God did for me that he loved me for who I was that he found me lost in sin and depravity and despair and he said you know what I won't leave you there I'll build a bridge to heaven with two beams and I'll die upon that bridge and I'll make a way for you and I'll call it Calvary and I'll come and I'll die in your place and I'll be your substitute so you won't have to but in that death I give you life and and Steve Jobs didn't know it but he's talking scripture because I know that Jesus when he came and gave life he was given the greatest most valuable most wealthy gift anybody could ever give that he died for me means that he gave everything and i'm just so thankful for that today you should be too we should be thankful amen 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 and we should be thankful also because spirit-filled people are happy people Spiritful people are thankful people Thanksgiving is your access point, you know that? It's a door, literally a door that swings on hinges that opens to everything that you need from the Lord. Your, thanks, your thankfulness is your access point to what God has for you. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Some of us, when we learn how to be thankful, we really benefit from it because we have access to what God has. But there's even a greater place that is praise brings you through another door and that's into the courts of God. And when you're in the courts of God, it's a place like in antiquity. They talk about the court of the king and the place where the king and his elders and, his, and those that are in governing uh, positions would sit. And literally, when you walked into the court of the king, you either had, a, you had to have an invite or it would, it would cost you your life literally you had to have an invitation into the courts of the king and if you had the access point to the king you know how famous you were that you could go before the king when you told somebody I have an audience with the king you were put up with esteem and and you were were reverenced but the thing is that whenever we have Thanksgiving in our heart it brings us into our first access point with God but when we also include Thanksgiving and praise with our Thanksgiving you see Thanksgiving is something that can happen in Inter- etern- internally. We we literally can sit there and be thankful. How many can sit there and be thankful and nobody will know? I mean, you, you can literally be like, oh, that's so nice. I'm thankful they did that for me. And no one will ever know. But whenever you get so thankful that your physical being gets involved in praise there's something that happens when you move into the courts of God because in the courts of God there is favor amen somebody in the courts of God there is justice amen in the courts of God there is mercy extended it doesn't happen when you're just thankful I'm grateful for thankfulness because that is the first point of access but when you get so thankful on the inside that you begin to praise God with all of your being and you just just lift your hands and you begin to worship with not only your hands but your feet get involved and your dance gets involved and you begin to praise God with everything that you have I want you to know that the world can see your thankfulness through your praise amen and it gets down inside of you and when you get into the courts of God everything that's been done to you that's an injustice can be made right in the courts where God shows justice. And everything that has been something that's wrong can be showed mercy. It's not just mercy in the mornings. There's mercy in the court of God. And it is literally a place where we can be and there's places where petition. wonder how many prayers would get answered if we started with thankfulness and came in with praise. Amen? I wonder how many prayers we pray where we don't literally get into the courtroom of God because we didn't enter properly. You don't come before a king with a list of to-dos. You don't step in front of the court of the king with a Santa Claus list. There's nothing like that. Will you come in and you come in bowing and worshiping before The king in a place of thankfulness that you even have an audience before the king. What is it that God is mindful of man? How is it that we can literally sit here without moving a foot or moving a hand and and play Mount Rushmore sometimes thinking we deserve things from God when we didn't deserve any of what we're experiencing right now? We didn't deserve any of the blessings that we have. We literally have a God that has made something so beautiful that we have. Have access to him all the time. What would you pay for that kind of access? I know I'm excited today, and I'm just going to keep on yelling. <laughs> I don't yell through every ministry moment, but I'm doing it today for some reason. I literally, I literally hate calling AT&T because I get put into I get put into phone voicemail purgatory (laughs) and i go through so many levels of electronic please plus two for technical support and then you hit two and it takes you technical for technical support with your phone press one for technical support with your ipad press two you literally have like 60 layers to try to get to a human being And then you don't even usually get to a human being because they have, this is literally true, they have in software companies and at AT AT&T, these large companies, they have a volume control where they literally cut you off. You will sit on the phone going through voicemail after voice um, prompt and you will get to a point where they literally will just drop you off the line because it's their way of controlling volume and calls in to their company. It is a way of control. And it's very interesting because some software companies do it more than even AT&T and it drives me crazy. But what would you do and what would you pay to give access and to get the kind of access that we have to God? Three in the morning when you wake up in the middle of the night with a bad dream, you say, Jesus, and he's there. Some, Some of us don't even understand the kind of expense that would take. It would cost you tens of thousands of dollars to have a human being have that kind of access to another human being right now i have somebody that sends out different kinds of uh, periscopes he's scoping all the time and if you want that person to come and teach you personally it's ten thousand dollars an hour how much how much do we understand that we need to be thankful because we have access to god every single moment every single second every single day and when i wake up in the middle of the night and i'm worried about something i can just push it off on him and go back to bed and say you work on it because you never sleep and you never slumber but i'm gonna go ahead and get some rest i'm thankful to a god who knows how to hear his people he hears every one of us and hears every one of our concerns and every one of our needs. Thanksgiving in the heart causes praise. And just watch what doors open for you when that happens. Thanks always precedes praise. Did you know that? That is the order of Scripture. Enter to his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. If you enter first, come with thanksgiving. Don't come saying, Lord, I need... Just come and say, Lord, I have no need right now. I just came to thank you for everything you've done for me. If you put that in your prayer life, it'll revolutionize your life. Start with Thanksgiving, just love on him and thank him for everything even though there's stuff that's not done and not finished and not felt you don't feel like it's done right maybe and maybe you have th- things that you have to take to the Lord get to that in the petition but come first with Thanksgiving then spend some time just praising him just and watch God fall in your bedroom in your prayer closet wherever your war room of prayer is watch God fall on you because you came according to the royal precepts of what he says is the proper way to enter before a king. Amen. Amen. Praise is a place where thankfulness proceeds and leads you into praise. Therefore, Samuel says it like this Therefore, I will give thanks unto the Lord, thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. In Chronicles 16 and 8, it says, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name. How many know how to call upon his name? Make known his deeds among the people. Amen. And 1 Chronicles 16, 34 says, "Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. That's a very powerful statement that I'm going to get back to you. In 2 Chronicles 31 and 2 it says, And Hezekiah appointed the course of the priest. When he was, the, the back story is when he was setting up to give priests jobs. He said this, and the Levites, after their course, every man according to his service, the priests the priests and the Levites for burnt offerings and for peace offerings to minister and to what? Their job description was to give thanks. To give thanks and to praise in the gates of the tents of the Lord. Where? Huh. Huh. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. This is not just a one-time thing that David had hit. This is a very key point that we have to understand. That the tent gate, the place of entrance, is where we find a need And a desire for thanksgiving from God. We ought to be thankful that the foundations of the house are laid also from this scripture. This is where they laid the foundations, at the gates. And I'm grateful that we know that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. I'm grateful that the foundations, I'm thankful that the foundations are laid in this house. And we don't have to revisit that all the time. I'm grateful that God said there is no savior beside me. Amen. I'm grateful that there is a God who said greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Because sometimes when you look at culture, it seems like they're spiraling into a death dive. But I know this, that there's going to be revival in the last days. People are going to turn their hearts to God. Even if Steve Jobs can realize that I don't have it, I have all this stuff, but I don't have the real deal. Then there's going to be people smart enough to recognize in my life, I need more and I'm going to find it. The former and the latter rain revival, it says, is going to be together. That's what, come, what came in the Old Testament. That revival that they had in, in back in the new testament that revival that they had is going to be doubled in the in the last days and i'm grateful for that ezra says this about thanksgiving in three eleven, and they sang together by course in praising giving thanks unto the lord because he is good for his mercy endureth forever toward israel everyone say his mercy endureth forever And so they would sing this together because they knew that God's mercy endureth forever and all the people shouted with a great shout. Did you know that shouting's in the Bible? Oh yes it is. They shouted with a great shout and when they praised the Lord because the foundations of the house of the Lord were laid. That's the scripture I meant to read earlier but somehow it got screwed up in my notes and we'll just forgive the iPad in Jesus' name will blame. We'll blame Steve Jobs. That's who we'll blame. <laughs> Nehemiah twelve twenty four says this. King David commanded his men to pra- his men to praise and thank God. Check this out. Psalms. Nehemiah, you can read this. And the chief of the Levites Hashabiah. You have to have the Holy Ghost to say those things and speak in tongues. Sherebiah and Joshua, Joshua the son of Cadmiel, with hey, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Cameo with their brethren over against them to praise and to give thanks according to the commandments of David, the man of God. Word over against word, he literally had commanded them that you're going to praise and you're going to be thankful. Amen. What if a pastor got up today, hello somebody, and said, "I command you to be thankful." How would that set with you? You'd be like, "Don't, don't pry, pastor. Don't meddle." But what if we literally realized that they were saying here that David as the king had the right to command praise and thanksgiving over his people and God who is king of kings and Lord of lords has the right to expect me to give him thanks and praise, amen? In fact, has the right to command me to thank him when there's nothing to thank, oh my goodness, to thank him for that he can literally say say i know the car broke down but go ahead and thank me i know the marriage isn't going so good but go ahead and thank me because i can bless you in a thanksgiving oh my goodness it's so good psalms david was all over this psalms 18 49 therefore i will sing unto thee O lord among the heathen i'm gonna do it among the heathen I'm going to sing unto you and sing praises unto your name. Psalms 30 and verse 4 says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Remembering how holy God is. You should give thanks for that. Psalms 30 and 12 says, To the end that my glory may sing praise to Thee, and not be silent o lord my god i will see i will give thanks unto thee forever david said anything that is my glory as a king I want it to not be silent to give you praise, O oh God, and thanks. In other words, when someone says, Look at David and all his glory, the thing that should be said next is, Look how God used him, because he wanted it not to be silent. He wanted his glory to only speak of God's glory. How many of us would take our own story and do the same? When someone looks at our life and the things that we've been through, how can they? see God in all of that how can they not know that if we don't share it the right way it will sound like our praise and our glory but David said don't do that make sure that there's no silence in those things that bring you glory make sure they give God all glory amen amen Amen. I don't want any praise or silence to my praise in giving God glory I Psalms 35 and 18 I will give thee thanks In the great congregation, I will praise Thee among much people. Whenever you come together for church, you should give God thanks in the great congregation. Amen? Amen. I believe there's a greater congregation coming. I just believe it. But it doesn't matter how big this church is. We're going to be a thankful church. There's a lot of people that don't have a good Thanksgiving. I realize that. There's a lot of people that have a Thanksgiving where there might be just two chairs at the table. And and I know that and and I understand that there's maybe families that are fractured and broken and we're seeing culture just demolish the family I realize that but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't as people of God still have a thankful spirit and love Thanksgiving but Thanksgiving is more than just a holiday amen Thanksgiving is your access point to God and some people don't have a good relationship with God because they never find a thankfulness in their heart and I hope that maybe out of this when we come together as a congregation, no matter how great or small that congregation is, that we would see this in our lives every day. A place of thanksgiving. Think about the early pilgrims that came over. They didn't have, now I'm calming down, okay. (laughs) Think about the early pilgrims that came over. They didn't, we're like, oh, they had the first Thanksgiving. It was awesome. Really? Half their friends died trying to get here. Think about the first Thanksgiving and how difficult it was to survive the first winter. It was so harsh and such a hard land to live on. And they had all kinds of things that were against them. But they still pulled up a chair at the table of thankfulness. And they sat down and they said, you know what? I may not have my best friend sitting next to me because they died on the boat on the way here. But there's a God who still deserves thanks. There's a God who I still need to be thankful to. And each one of us in our lives need to have that that feeling in our heart. That we may not have all the friends and family around the table that we want, however that happened, whether it's falling out of family, bad blood, it doesn't matter how that happened. But when we sit down to the table, we need to thank God for what we still have, not for what we've lost. Amen, somebody. And this is a picture to me of something beautiful because I had a... I had a large family. My grandmother and grandfather had 12 kids, (laughs) and their grandkids, and we'd have like 30-something people show up at the house, talking with Reese about this beforehand. We just all piled into the same house, slept in sleeping bags, and... And around the holidays, it was awesome because I lived in Alaska and and we didn't consider it a job to go out and get wood for the fireplace. We thought it was fun, you know, knocking snow off the wood and go around the corner to get wood and kiss a moose. <laughs> I did that, <laughs> came around the corner and there was Mama Moose, <laughs> like right there. And I'm like, hey, she's getting wood too for the fireplace. And I ran back around quickly, but I we we didn't have enough room and enough leaves to put in the table to make Enough space at the table, so literally the table became like a smorgasbord. It was like one big trough. Okay, it's, everybody like grazed all day long. You just went up and got pie when you wanted to, and it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. I was young; nothing stayed with me. It wasn't like moment on the lips, forever on the hips. It wasn't like that. <laughs> it was always, it was always wonderful because there's all this food put out. And whenever you went to grandmother's house, she never complained about having to cook the whole day before for she loved loving us through the food that she made for us and that was just such a great testimony because she would build oh, these amazing creations hopefully you're getting hungry by now apple pie pumpkin pie she we eat dessert first life's uncertain that was always my motto and and we would have green bean casserole and sweet oh my goodness lord have mercy angels would be singing when you walked into grandma's house they'd be singing come here and try this or something they'd be singing there'd be angel courses going on when you sat down there's multiple courses including the angel course and so what happened was we would all not sit at the table we would just come through and we would get food and we'd go sit down and 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 by the time you got done with thanksgiving dinner you pretty much look like this picture right here. This was me after Thanksgiving dinner. Three, two, one. (laughs) That's what I felt like after Thanksgiving dinner. It was like, don't bother me. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. Just let me stay here. And usually... It wasn't, there's was no judgment at Thanksgiving. Everybody was there, everybody was eating, everybody's eating too much, and then everybody's falling, and, and Grandpa always snored. It was like, he'd get in his lazy boy, and he'd have that, like, turkey, that tryptophan coma, you know, he'd have that turkey coma, and he'd just start snoring, and everybody made fun of him because he would wiggle his feet, and we had, and... There was always somebody burning their boots by the fireplace, you know. They're like, or they put their mitts on the fire and they forget them. So we'd like later, oh, you know, it's like starts to burn. This was my life growing up. And then we'd go play on snowmobiles and go sledding. So I loved wintertime. I love this time of year. But we don't get to do this anymore as a big family because some of them are gone. My grandparents are gone. And though they're gone, I have to do this in my spirit with my family, and we have to start our own traditions. But this table is a welcoming place to me. And it may not be to you, but there's a banquet table that God prepares for you, and it's only found through thankfulness. And uh, I don't know what your background is and what you found, but I want you to know that when you come together with family, You need to come and give thanks and praise God. I know I'm riding that horse a lot, but you need to give thanks and praise God for everything you have. We're so blessed, amen. Would you lift your hands and thank God for the blessings and the banquet that he prepares for us in the presence of our enemies. He lays out a Thanksgiving table. Whenever we have things going on all around us he lays it out for us and he gives us blessings and benefits and daily loads us with them amen amen in psalm 79 and 13 it says so why thy people so why thy people and sheep of thy pasture will give thee so we thy people and sheep of thy pasture will give thee thanks forever we will show forth thy praises To all generations. In the Psalms 92 and 1, it's Psalms of for the Sabbath day, for the for this day, for the holy day. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises unto the name O Most High. David knew this quite well. Anytime you repeat something in the scriptures. It gives it emphasis. And you see like, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You see where Jesus wept over Jerusalem and he said, return, return, return. Because we are people that drift from God. It's just a natural thing. We have to return to him constantly. So Jesus said, return, return, return. And anytime there's a, a repetition of something in the scripture it, it it's given there for emphasis it makes it very strong language and david got the grasp on that in thanksgiving praise and he said in psalms 107 1 he said oh give thanks unto the lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever and in psalms 118 one, it says oh give thanks unto the lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever in psalms one eighteen twenty nine, 29 it says oh give thanks unto the lord for he is good do you see what's going on here He's repeating the same thing over and over. Psalms 136 verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Psalms 136 verse 2. Oh, give thanks unto 136 verse 3. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. He repeats himself one verse later. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endureth. 136 verse 26. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. He repeats it seven times. And seven in the scripture is the, is the number of perfection. And he repeats it seven times in the psalm. More than 22 verses in the scriptures talk about thanksgiving in the psalm. In fact, his mantra was so great, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, was recorded in the Chronicles of the Kings in 1 Chronicles 16.34 because he said it or did it and lived it so much. I wonder if whenever they tap out the date on my tombstone, if they decide what... What will, we, what will we say is the life of Jodon Calhoun? What is the, the cap statement of his life? They'll probably say dork right below there. <laughs> Just dork. <laughs> no, the, I, I hope they say a life surrendered to God and a life thankful and a life of praise given to his God. David capped his psalms with the product of thanksgiving and praise, because there is a product of thanksgiving and praise. In Psalms 140 and 13 he says, "Surely the righteousness, surely the righteous shall give thanks unto the name, thy name, the upright shall dwell in his presence or in thy presence." In another translation it says, "Surely the godly will give thanks and have a place in his presence." That is the truth that I'm trying to share with you, is thankfulness and praise gives you a place in God's presence.